Hello and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie reviewer movie. Today's movie is another pick by Gregor, so probably nobody's seen it, but it's um, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even heard of it. It's a movie called Vengeance. Now, Gregor, was this a cinema release in Europe? <laughs> Only in my private cinema. Um, no, there was not even a cinema release in Europe that I'm aware of. But I read about it on uh, a German movie uh, review site, which I actually really like. And they have uh, this good hidden gems from time to time. And uh, so I picked this movie since I gave you quite a selection to choose from, Geraldo. And you didn't come up with anything better <laughs> except Murder Mystery 2 on Netflix. So I guess... <laughs> That will follow sometime. <laughs> Look, if it's got Jennifer Aniston and well, who's the other guy? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler trying to pretend they're 20 years younger than they are, but it's got to be quality. <laughs> hey, that's like you doing a podcast with a millennial, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only pretending to be 10 years younger. Um, <laughs> I should say that at this point, we probably will have a couple of spoilers. So anyone listening might want to bear that in mind if they want to continue listening. I should also add that because people use spoilers as an excuse to not listen to our podcast i think they just use it as an excuse or they don't have to listen to it we will announce when we go into spoiler territory so as i always tell everyone feel free to listen in to the first minutes and we're not gonna go right out the door with spoilers unless jared has one of his uh, rambling monologues where he basically summarizes the movie and rates <laughs> it in one <laughs> What did you think of this movie, just generally speaking? I thought it was really nice movie. Like it's one of this under the radar movies that I, I just found by coincidence, basically. But it's a really nice time. It's a relatively short watch. I felt like entertaining throughout, uh, has some nice twists. You don't really see the ending coming. I found uh, nice actors, nice mix of humor and something just interesting. But maybe it's also because it's a movie about a podcast that maybe I should give a quick synopsis. So the uh, movie is about, a, yeah, I guess it's a writer, podcaster, uh, a bit of a hipster asshole living in New York, living the New York magazine lifestyle. He dates around quite a bit and uh, suddenly a family in rural Texas contacts him and uh, tells him, that his girlfriend has passed away tragically. First thing he has to do is go through his dating history to find out what girl they are even talking about. Somehow he lets himself talk into going to the family's funeral and he gets involved into a murder mystery following that. So he basically, the girl was just a fling for him, but the family thinks he was her long distance boyfriend and now they want to convince him to solve her murder. Uh, yeah, what did you think about the movie, Gerardo? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. It's uneven and it doesn't quite stick together, I think, towards the end. But I just thought it was really entertaining. And what I liked is that it was pretty brief because, like, I noticed the new John Wick film is two hours and 40 minutes. Like, I just think some of these films are getting yeah. out of control. Like, I personally... What the fuck, yeah. Just as our, our attention spans have been downsized to, like, five seconds and then, you know, you're getting all these movies that are getting longer and longer and longer, you know what I mean? So I thought this was a really nice little film. I thought there was an interesting casting in it. I didn't quite work out that Ashton Kutcher was in it until, like, it took me a while to connect that that was him. Yeah, So I it's interesting it, but... to see him in a mature role. He's just grown up. Like, I was just thinking this, dude, where's my car? Like, I'm just stuck in that vibe. Yeah. He played a quite a good role. 
Yeah, uh, it was the same uh, with Ainoa. She uh, didn't recognize him at first. I knew he was in the movie, so I wasn't that surprised. But it was a little bit like, oh, what has he been up to? Haven't seen him in a while. And But hey, wow, he's actually playing really well. I thought it was a little bit a character out of the book, you know, like a person you with dialogue you would write. But no one really speaks like that in real life. But uh, he played it very well. There's some uneven things going on, but I still thought ultimately it was really entertaining, if you stick with it. The way it starts off is because the main guy, BJ Novak. Yeah, BJ Novak, who most of you probably know from The Office, his uh, character's name is uh, Ryan Howard there. And he's, uh, yeah, he's kind of the temp in the beginning and then uh, works and cheats its way up to CEO and then falls down to bowling alley worker and has a hot on and off relationship with Mindy Kaling's character. But it's actually one of the um, main writers uh, of many Office episodes. Well, I've only seen one episode of The Office, so I can't really talk about this. I've seen the UK one, but everyone thinks that's boring, but I don't. I like both, but the UK one is just super hard for me to understand. Quite frankly, I, I gave it a watch 10 years ago, and I think my English wasn't on the level to understand that British uh, accent. I felt initially it starts off a very strong left wing slant. Like, you know, he works at the New York, he's from New York, he's going to Texas, all the Texan people are crazy about guns, they're all rednecks, they don't know anything, they don't believe in climate change. But then it it actually moves away from that and you start to see both sides. Initially, I think people could be put off by thinking this is just going to be a crazy leftist movie bagging people in Texas. It almost leaves it too late when it starts to show different perspectives and different sides and the the good and the bad. You know what I mean? I felt it. Did you feel personally attacked as a bogan in Port Macquarie? (laughs) Well, I have been to Texas. (laughs) I know what you mean. Sorry, I think from the premise, it's probably not attracting a huge conservative audience because it's like special interest. It's about a podcast guy, right? So I was expecting progressive uh, East Coast view going throughout the movie. And I was quite a bit surprised by the change of tone. And I, But it felt very good. It felt mostly quite understandable and, and uh, interesting. Often when movies start with either like a really strong right wing angle or a really strong left wing angle, it influences the way the story goes. Do you know what I mean? Like you can sort of tell, oh, this is what's going to happen and there, you know, this is what's going to happen here and, you know, like, or it sort of pushes the narrative of the story a bit. But in this one, it sort of moves in and out of it, which I thought was great. It was a really interesting little story. Yeah. And and there was, you know, a few surprise people like Issa Rae as his manager at the podcast. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, she was in that show that I really liked the first season of it. Do you remember that, that show she was in? Where she played uh, Insecure, the, right? I yeah, was insecure. looking for the name. Yeah. 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 I watched uh, the yeah. first season and it was fantastic, you know, because it was basically a girl and her friend living in a really crummy block of apartments in a terrible part of LA. It's a, a black girl. So I feel like that was a bit of a different angle as well really graphic sex scenes i remember thinking wow this is a bit much that was one of the first series that i thought god they're showing a fair bit here but well i'm just re-watching girls so uh... <laughs> yeah they show a lot there yeah it was around that time it was one of those shows and then all of a sudden in the next couple of seasons obviously she got popular and they got more money and more sponsorship so before you know it like her teeth get done she you know moves out of this crummy apartment she's wearing great clothes so the whole essence of it sort of changed i mean i know the character's got to change but it was a pretty big change from what it initially was. I yeah. think she's actually quite talented. And she's, I thought she'd make a good leap to motion picture. 
yeah, she was always pegged to be one of the next big things, and it's never really quite yeah. hit. Uh, unless it has hit, and no, I'm just not aware of it. But ben, and then there's, uh, sorry, there's Boyd Holbrook, plays a character who is the brother of the deceased alleged girlfriend of BJ Novak. So uh, which, oh, yeah, he wasn't, for example, in, in We the Last Wolverine movie. Oh, okay. He played the bad guy. I think he was in Narcos. I haven't seen him in a while either. And one thing I have to say about the casting, it's like, yeah, they play in this super rural redneck Texas part. But holy shit, some people just look like top models and uh, are super <laughs> in shape, right? It's like he looks just like a fucking model. Of course, Ashton Kutcher looks like a model anyway. One of yeah. the sisters in the family of, of the deceased girl, she also is like super skinny and super fit. While the other sister is very overweight, so sometimes the casting is a little bit off the charts. I mean, I don't want to, don't want to be too mean to people there, but uh, I mean, let's be honest, they probably would all be overweight. Look, I must admit, when I watched it, I thought this is a very Californian crowd, and the way they were dressed too, they weren't dressed as you know, like down home people. They were very stylishly. It was a very like New York Californian representation. I thought of what Texan yeah. Texas would be. Well, I have been to Texas, and I must admit, quite thought it was pretty good and everything like that. Like, but it, I was only there for a week, you know what I mean? And I went to see where JFK was shot in Dallas. That was the point of me going there. One of my morbid <laughs> things I wanted to go and see. Morbid curiosities, yeah, wow. Totally off topic, but because, you know, everyone's seen that footage of him getting assassinated. But when you actually go to where it happened, it it looks like, on the TV, it looks like it's this really long panoramic road. It's just this tiny little round corner that's going into a bunch of shops. It's so ordinary. I went back and looked at it and I thought, this can't be the same place, but it is. But it's just the way it photographs and the way it looked and the, the event itself and everything make it seem like it's this really... yeah. It looks like it's somewhere in Washington, D.C., this huge, broad oh, road like that goes, like, straight for a long part of the road. Yeah, it's, that's very surprising, I have to say. I didn't expect that. And they've got, like, crosses on the road where the first shot was and the second shot was and the third shot was. <laughs> you know, and then there's loads of homeless people there because obviously there's lots of tourists. I was sort of, you know, looking at it and thinking about it and, try- and watching, you know, the footage on my phone and trying to put- piece it together. And this homeless guy came up to me and said, that's where they shot him. That's where they blew his brains out right there. Hey, have you got a dollar, sir? <laughs> you know, like it totally takes Good you point. out of it. When you see the pyramids and people are begging all around you and trying to ask you for things and trying to see, it takes away the yeah the mystique and the presence of the situation. But anyway, that's another story. You, you that, that it becomes this like tourist uh, shrine and people are waiting there like a Hollywood Boulevard because... I, I've never been there, but I would expect like you have this empty white road and you stand there alone and you're like, this is where it happened. And now it's this place, this small place with like with <laughs> people trying people. to sell your crap, I guess. Uh, like the best one I had was about two years after 9-11, I went to where the Twin Towers oh, wow. were. You could get off at the station. You could, it was all scaffolded up and everything. So I went and saw it and there was people selling postcards of the plane hitting the Twin Towers. Oh. Like it was pretty full on. I was like, this plane, he said, oh, do you want to buy some postcards? I was like, of what? And then he had like, oh, here's where the plane hit and there's this one and this is where it's collapsing. And I was like, what are you doing? So that entrepreneurial spirit lives on no yeah. matter what. Anyway, we're getting well on to the Maybe um, we should talk a little bit about the ending. So um, yes. 
to all the listeners, this is where it gets into spoiler territory. But uh, yeah, we really recommend the movie both if you want to give it a watch. Yeah, if you don't want to watch the movie, let me just recap the story a little bit. So basically, uh, BJ Novak and the family of the deceased girl, they mainly the brother, uh, played by Boyd Holbrook, they go out and try to find out who killed the girl. And because they say it wasn't drugs or anything, it was like uh, someone must have killed him. Well, it turns out in the end it was trucks. Uh, everything seems solved. They go apart, they get into a fight. But then in a final twist, BJ Novak basically finds out that, yes, it was trucks, but she got hooked by the Ashton Kutcher character, by her music producer. And after she had an overdose, he basically just tracked her into the desert and left her there to die. He presents this uh, reveal in a very nice dramatic dialogue to BJ Novak. And it's also like, yeah, but what are you going to do? You can't prove it. That's just how life is here. No one's going to believe you. And you're kind of like, yeah, it's a movie dramatic uh, tool, but you feel like, yeah, he's kind of right. And then suddenly Vijay Novak pulls out a gun and shoots Ashton Kutcher in the face in a quite intense <laughs> scene. And yeah. that was definitely unexpected and a change of tone. He goes back to New York and it's a kind of a very dark, happy ending, I would say. What did yeah. you think of that twist or that rumor? Yeah, I certainly didn't see that coming, particularly at the beginning. They make a real point of showing the Texans as gun crazy. That's there was a good. real yeah. emphasis on it at the beginning. When the brother picked him up in the car, he had a rack of guns in the back window. You know, like they really made a point. That's why I thought, oh, it's got a pretty strong anti-gun angle to it. But then in the end, he actually uses the gun to kill him. Like, and, and also the, the gun we should point out he uses is the gun that like, 12-year-old child that the family has with him all the time. <laughs> that was very unexpected, but it was, you know, it was kind of good because it made you think, oh, wow, yeah, and he went back to New York and, you know, forever changed. The one thing I did think as far as casting went was I kept thinking BJ Novak, who's the main character, I kept thinking it would be interesting if the actors were reversed with Ashton Kutcher. I thought Ashton Kutcher would have made a better older mm. man who was in New York shagging around, couldn't remember anybody's name, and then ended up in a slightly wacky situation. And I thought BJ Novak would have made a better music producer because he was a bit older, a bit nerdier. You know what I mean? Like I kept looking at those two actors thinking, I think it would have worked better if they were reversed. Um, The thing is that... That's pretty random, I know. No, it's an interesting point. I like the idea. I think it would have worked as well, but... What Ashton Kutcher is doing recently, he is on that rural American cowboy trip. I think his most successful show in recent years has been The Ranch. I think it's on Netflix as well, and it was very successful. It's like a sitcom about a family in in the Midwest living on a ranch, basically. And and um, I think he was very successful in that role. So he is. It's a little bit his territory right now. I feel like They're quite a shift, a bit of character, and I feel like he has that appeal. He has a bit like this broy college shock appeal, but with a good heart. I I can see it a little bit with him. Whereas B.J. Novak is very this New Yorker ex. I agree he's a good grumpy guy, but uh, also it's hard for him to locate him in the middle of Texas, I would say. I thought it was the twist that he just shoots out of nowhere, uh, shoots Ashton Kutcher in the face. If you think about it, it's a little bit a hard character shift for the guy because he goes from basically never holding a gun in his hand to cold-blooded killing a guy who has not done anything to him personally. I thought that was a little bit, okay, 
to shock the audience. But I forgave it because it was a kind of nice conclusive ending to a short, fast-paced movie, I thought. It was almost like a Woody Allen film, too, I thought, in some ways. I think B.J. Novak is actually trying to go a little bit in that direction. Have you seen his TV show called The Premise? Have you seen that by any chance? No. I thought it premise was really good like i um, i read about some of the episodes it's a little bit like black mirror it was received very mixed so i never went through to watching it in the end but i feel like i should give an episode a watch maybe it's it's also this i think it's in very much like the movie in that you have like a modern uh, topical um uh, yeah theme like in the movie it's of course you can say it's a um, East, uh, it's the coast versus the countryside. It's the drug problem in the rural area. It's uh, the gun issue. It gives it like a kind of a dark dramatic twist. And I think in the premise, it's the same. I know there's one episode, I think the first episode where there's like a racist attack happen and uh, some guy has it on video. He can prove that it was, that it really happened. But the problem is the video is his terrible sex tape and the attack happens in the background of his sex tape, basically. <laughs> so he's like struggling with himself if he, if he wants to go to the police. And, uh, That's pretty good. Oh, you, you made me want to watch it. With yeah, you. I feel like I have to watch that episode now as well. Yeah. In terms of the Stenner rating, I'd give this like four, four out of five. Nice. And now in German? For Stenner und Fahr. <laughs> Almost there, Gerardo. Uh, I know, it was just like being in Germany there for a sec, wasn't it? I would give it three and a half of uh, five, three and a half von fünf Sternen. It's very, yes, it is very entertaining. Oh, and by the way, you mentioned before that, you know, the sisters, that one was very attractive and very sort of LA looking. Yeah. And apparently that's a, a singer called Dove Cameron who's big with the kids, you know what I mean? Like I've oh, never wow. even heard of her. Oh, She's like okay. a bit of a, not Billie Eilish, but in that sort of genre of, you know, popular, semi-androgynous young oh. girls, you know. So, so yeah, so that's why she, she sort of looked almost too good to be true, I thought. And I thought yeah, well, she, yeah, is, yeah. she is a young pop star on the, on the rise. And normally more dark-haired, gothic look, now that I'm looking at her photo. So it's, uh, but it's quite interesting. I guess that's her face now. I mean, she apparently was a Disney uh, actress before. Um, yeah, interesting. That that uh, makes sense because she, yeah, she felt a little bit out of place. But it kind of all worked together. And I also, outside of the family, I thought there were some, um, there were some good scenes, like when they were on the rodeo and things like that. It really, I really felt a little bit like, hey, I kind of want to visit Texas now. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I've been to Australian rodeos. It is pretty interesting to watch someone get on a horse and the horse go bananas. Like, it, it, there's a real skill in it with that you, you know, know what to do with yourself so you're not basically killed. The only trouble is, is when you go those rodeo things, well, the Australian ones anyway, there's big gaps between anything happening. So I'll be like, and the next rodeo's at three. And then we've got the, you know, the axe demonstration and they try and see who can cut through a log the quickest and stuff like that. It all happens slowly, so you're there for the whole day. They always make it look like something crazy is going on. In Texas, I did go to a country and western bar and nice. did and did have a bit of a line dancing moment. Well, I was in Houston. Nice. And nice. Uh, where I was staying, there were some other people, and they said, oh, we're going to go to this. Do you want to come? And I said, yes. You went there, and people genuinely showed up to the bar in cowboy hats, and not ironically or fashionably. That's just what they yeah. wore. They said, okay, on the dance floor. And you say, you got on the dance floor. And they said, all the boys over here, all the girls over here. 
and then they lined you all up and then they started to do the thing. It was really nice. nice. Like I have to say, it's one of those things that you think, That's oh, cool. it's going to be awful. But yeah. um, it was really entertaining. And I've been to the Country and Western Festival here in Tamworth. That's a really big thing in Australia. It happens in February, uh, January. People go and all buskers go there and they go there to get discovered and they give out the Golden Guitar Award and all this sort of stuff. And I've had a really good time there because the one thing I have to say about country and Western stuff is people just like it because they like it. A lot of music can be yeah. fashionable or cool or it's new and, you know, there's reasons for you to switch onto it. But I find that that whole country and Western thing will in Australia. People are just into it because they're into it. That's yeah. what they like. They don't like it because it's cool or because it's new or because it's controversial. And it does have a really nice feel. Like we, I went to a few concerts and stuff like that. And you, the only problem is, is like all country and Western sort of music, it has... Even though it's Australian, it has a strong American flavour to it, which is kind of good and bad because it'd be nice if it developed its own. Like there is Australian acts, but anyway. Yeah, God, I'm yeah. really going off topic on tonight's podcast. No, maybe. but uh, any, anyone who visits Australia, I really uh, can only rec cannot recommend enough to go a little bit to the outback at least one time. I mean, I ended up going to Broken Hill twice, actually. Never thought that. And uh, it really is um, yeah, such a unique part of the country and you just don't have something like that in, in Europe, for example. So it's a really unique experience and it's beautiful in its own way. The most important last question, Gerardo, when you were in the Texas uh, bar dancing, did you get drunk, took off your shirt and rode the mechanic bull in the end? <laughs> no, but someone did ride the mechanical bull, but it doesn't, because it's for the general public, it never gets too crazy. It's not yeah. like a real one. They're like, it's a bit up and down. It's a bit of an Instagram thing now. It's not like in the movies where someone hops on it and gets thrown across the bar. Like, it's very <laughs> tight. It's very tight. Yeah. Well, Gregor, we've got to go to America at some stage, I've decided. I just feel it's it's calling. It's calling. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Always on the brink of a civil war, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it keeps it exciting, I guess. Look, a German and a, an Aussie go to a civil war. <laughs> a German and an Aussie are going to fix America. Yeah, that could be our, that could be our next podcast. <laughs>